What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncensored Christian Podcast. My name is Dante Williams, and I am old enough to remember the solar eclipse of 2017. What a great time in our world. If you don't know what a solar eclipse is, um, it's that thing where the moon go in front of the sun, and it blocks the sun's radiance, so the sun don't shine as bright as it once did, and everything on the earth kind of get a little bit dark for like one minute while this you know, once in a lifetime type rotation happens in our solar system. And so this happened in 2017. It was in August, I believe. And it was a solar eclipse. And at least for me, this was the first time anything like this happened in my lifetime. So I wanted to see it. And most of the world wanted to do the same thing. And I remember that they told us that, hey, even though it's going to be dark, and even though you can, you know, look up at the solar eclipse, and it's you know, it's not going to blind you like you're used to when you're looking at the sun. They said you still need to wear these special glasses because the sun's light is still so powerful that even though it doesn't seem like it's that bright, it's bright enough to still tear your eyes up. So I remember they had these special glasses that you had to wear. You couldn't wear normal sunglasses, nothing like that. You couldn't have a visor on. You need these special glasses, and everyone was selling them. Man, I remember Walmart was selling them. Uh, gas stations were selling them. Libraries were selling them. Everyone was selling these special glasses, and we were able to get a hold of some. And so me and my wife, who was my fiance at the time, we went out and we saw this, and it was so, so cool to see this solar eclipse. And I remember how like gloomy and cloudy it was. It, it seemed like it was super cloudy outside, and it almost looked like... Everything I was seeing was like a dark green. I don't know if any of y'all were around for the solar eclipse or if you remember what it looked like, but that's what it looked like to me. And so it was such a fun experience. And I remember reading stories a few days after about the solar eclipse. And I remember hearing some stories that there were people who didn't think that they needed these glasses. And so they stared up at the solar eclipse and it actually damaged their eyes. And for some people even blinded them. And it got me thinking about Saul in the Bible. Because Saul had his own moment of being blind and being blinded. And if you don't know who Saul is, let me explain. So Saul, who we now know as Paul, everyone knows about Paul, the apostle, the apostle Paul. He's super, super influential in uh, the movement of Jesus Christ. And he used to be called Saul. And Saul, before he came, Paul hated Christians. Like he hated them. Uh, he was perfectly fine with throwing them in prison, seeing them being executed and murdered right in front of him. Saul hated Christians. He went out of his way to persecute anyone who claimed to follow Jesus. So, so Saul was not someone that you wanted to go and have your small group at his house. No, no, he was planning to kill you if you did. So Saul was a very bad dude. And we see him in Acts chapter 9 because he's on a mission to go persecute even more Christians in Damascus. So I want to go over this today because the title of this message is Walking Blind. And I want to go over how was Saul walking blind and how do we in our lives walk blind without even realizing it sometimes. So Acts chapter 9 verse 3, let's get into it. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, pause, once again, he's going to Damascus and his mission is to persecute the Christians and send them back to Jerusalem for them to go in front of the, the priest and, you know, get thrown in prison or executed. Terrible stuff. So he's approaching Damascus on this mission. A light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That's my my God voice, by the way. I'm very sorry. And he said, who are you, Lord? And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city 
and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. And Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. Now you could imagine how scary this must be. Could you imagine? You just, you just on your way to get some ice cream at Brahms, and, and on your way, walking down the sidewalk, a light come from heaven, and it's Jesus, and when you wake up and, and open up your eyes, you're blind. You can only imagine how insanely freaked out Saul must have been here. This dude's blind. He was freaked out. And it really interested me that what happened to him is he was blind. And, it, and you know, nothing else happened. Because I'm sure Jesus could have got to him in many different ways to let him see that what he was doing was wrong. But he was blinded. And I thought it was interesting how Jesus blinded a man that was already blind. See, Saul was already blinded by his own hatred for the Christians. Anyone that spoke Jesus' name, he hated him. He was already blind to who the true Messiah was. And it, it took him being blinded to understand that he was already blind. I think sometimes in our life, we fall into this trap where we can be walking in the dark and not even realize it. Me and my friends used to play hide and seek all the time. And what we would do is we would take it up a notch. We wouldn't just play hide and seek during the day. We'd wait until it was like midnight when it was really dark and we would turn out all the lights in the house. And so two of us would go hide and one person would stay back to catch them. And I always thought it was kind of crazy because we would do it with the lights out and we could walk by our friends and not even realize that they were hiding somewhere but we never ran into anything like like there was tables and chairs and you know turns and doors and rooms and we never ran into anything and i thought this was kind of interesting because even though we couldn't see anything we were so familiar with the room that we were navigating that even in the dark we could get to where we were needing to go and what I want someone to see is, is that you can be so used to walking in the dark. You can be so used to walking the same path in your life that you don't even realize that you're walking in the dark. You can be walking in darkness and never trip because you've been doing it for so long. Oh, man. And, and this is what happened to Saul. Saul was walking in darkness for so long. He, he, he was walking in the wrong path for so long that he didn't even realize that the people he was persecuting were the people that he was supposed to be saving. He was walking in the darkness for so long. And, and it begs the question, why do we walk blinded? Why do we walk in the dark? And I know at least for me, the times where I choose to walk in the dark it could be because I'm truly ignorant, because I just don't know. But but it's kind of like the saying, ignorance is bliss, right? How you could you could be in the unknown and not know it. You could be walking the wrong path and never know it. And sometimes you do it by accident, but then sometimes it's a choice. Like if you're anything like me, I hate doctor's visits, right? I hate going to, there's something about the hospital that just make you feel more sick than it does good. 
It's counterintuitive. I don't get it, but I don't like going to the doctor. One reason why I don't like going to the doctor is because even though I may be feeling perfectly healthy, I'm scared that if I go into the doctor, they're going to find something that I didn't know was there. Now it's something new I have to deal with. Like I'm scared if I just go in for a checkup and I'm feeling fine that they're going to tell me that, that I'm, I'm terminally ill and that I have five months to live. I don't know why. It's just, it's just a fear of mine. So I would rather live in ignorance of not knowing that something is wrong and being happy than knowing that there's something wrong that needs to be fixed. And now I'm fearful. And you may be, you may be like me. And I, I feel like some of us view Jesus in this way. Some of us, some of us can be so scared to, to follow Christ. So scared to fully open our hearts to God because we're scared that, that Jesus is just going to illuminate all the bad parts in our heart. And he's going to look at it once, once everything comes out of the dark, and he's going to go, Oh gosh, Ooh, you need Jesus. And you're like, but Jesus, you, you, you Jesus, I need you. And you're like, no, you need Jesus. We're afraid that God is going to see the innermost darkest parts of our heart and want to judge us. And we're afraid of what we might see. If God starts working on us, but I got some good news. I got some good news because God already knows what's in your heart, whether or not you ask him to cleanse your heart, whether or not you accept him into your life. He already knows what's going on in in the dark corners of your life. He already knows the struggles that you deal with. He already knows the pain that you have. He already knows the addiction that you battle. He already knows all of the darkest parts of your heart. But God does not want to bring light to the darkness in your life to judge you. He wants to bring light to the darkest parts in your heart to show you that he already paid the price for the pain that you're feeling. That what he did on the cross thousands of years ago was not just for for your friends, was not just for the other people who live a better life than you. It was for you. He took your sins on the cross and the blood that was shed was so that you could be clean. And he was to illuminate your heart to show you that what you thought was hiding in that dark corner is no longer there. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. And so what happened? What happened when he lost his sight? Because because reading into it, yes, he was physically blind, but I think it goes deeper. And this is why I like reading in different translations of the Bible, because one translation its job will to be to help you understand just the Bible on a more surface level. And so what we read earlier was from the New Living Translation. And so when it said that that uh, the people around him only heard a voice, but they saw no one. And when Saul picked himself up off the ground, he opened his eyes and he was blind. What it makes you think is that Saul was just blind, that that's it. He just couldn't physically see. But I think it goes a little bit deeper because when you read out of the King James Version, it allows you to break some of these words down in their original language. And in this case, it's coming from Greek. And so what what happened was, this is so good. When he opened his eyes, the King James Version says that he saw no man. It doesn't say that he was blind or blinded. It said that he saw no man. And the Greek word for saw here is the Greek word blepo which means to look at. So yes, physically he could not see a man, but also this word means to discern or perceive. So it took Saul being physically blinded to be blinded to his um, spiritual preconceptions on what Christians were. Let, Let me try and break this down. Saul 
on his way to persecute the Christians had a perception of the Christians. And that perception was that they needed to be weeded out, that they needed to be killed, thrown in prison, and taught a lesson. That was his perception. He hated the Christians. So when he was blinded, he wasn't just physically blinded. The word blepo means that his perception was blinded. So what what Jesus did in Saul was more than physical. He blinded Saul to his his perception that Christians were bad and that Christians needed to be ridiculed. And so he was blinded. He could not see for three days. In verse 9, it says that for three days, he was without sight. For three days, he was without perception. We got to understand that perception is reality. I mean, it's not just a saying, it's the truth. What you perceive is your reality. And his reality is that the Christians were evil and that Jesus was not the Messiah. And it took him being blinded to see that he was already blind. It took him being physically blinded to come to the realization that his spiritual perception of God was blind to begin with. Oh man, that's so good. That's so good. So this is what happened. He couldn't be blind forever because Jesus was planning on using him. Jesus wanted to use the man that once persecuted Christians to save Christians. He wanted to use the man that once beat them to help them believe. Oh, man. And so what he did was is he sent a man to go to Saul. It's verse 17. The man's name is Ananias. He went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sights. Regain your sight. He didn't say, the Lord sent me so you won't be blind. He said, he sent me so you'll regain your sight. And, and the word for sight here is anablepo. Kind of like the first one we read, but it's anablepo. So it's different from the word sight used just a few verses before. Now, this is important because although this word does mean to recover sight, its sole meaning means to look up. So what Saul had to do to regain his sight was look up. He had to look to the one who could heal him. He had to look to the one that could change his heart. He had to look to the one that could forgive him of all the sins that he just committed. He had to look to God. You know, some of us need to learn this, right? Because some of us, when we're in a, in a, in a time where we feel Feel like we don't know where to go, where we may feel blinded on what steps to take next, we look to all the wrong people. We look to media to tell us how we should feel about a situation. We'll look to celebrities to see if their opinions make any difference in our heart. We'll, we'll look to Facebook. We'll look, we'll, some of us will look to single people for relationship advice. Some, some of us will look for, for chunky people like me for exercise advice. And we're looking in all the wrong places to regain our sight when the Bible clearly says that to regain your sight and to truly see, you have to look up. Mm. Mm. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we recover our sight. We do because we fall into two camps here. And I don't think we realize this, but we fall into two camps of blindness. Camp number one, we are already blind. We've already lost sight. We've been walking in the dark for so long that you forgot what the light is. You can navigate your entire life walking in the dark because you've been doing it for so long that you don't even know what true light looks like. And we've been blinded. But somebody's got to know that the light hits hardest in the dark. I mean, if y'all ever if y'all ever been in a pitch black room and you turn your phone on, y'all ever, ever do that in the middle of the night? You turn your phone on, just light your eyes up, just ah! 
It's like it's burning your eyes because the light hits hardest in the dark. And 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 I actually had a personal uh, a revelation of this because me and my wife started reading this marriage book. And I don't like reading, first of all, but I've been going through it because um, it's a good thing to do. And we've been reading this marriage book and it, it kind of goes through the needs of the husband and the wife in a relationship and it'll break down you know what kind of emotional needs need to be met what kind of physical needs what kind of sexual needs all of these things that are very important because at the end of the day we're two different people and we both have different needs and and i realized that for so long i was blinded to what she needed not because i didn't love her but because i was under the assumption that what she needed is what i thought i needed so if if i needed a hug maybe she needed a hug or or if i needed to be lifted up with words that's what she needed all the time but i came to realize that i was blinded and i did not know that i was missing out on some of the needs that she needed to have met and it hit me like a ton of bricks y'all ever heard that saying hit me like a ton of bricks something happened in your life your child tells you something that you didn't think that they'd ever tell you hit you like a ton of bricks someone that you thought you loved and you thought you're gonna spend the rest of your life with they left you and it hit you like a ton of bricks you lost your job and it hit you like a ton of bricks because revelation is raw Whew. revelation is raw it'll hit you it just comes for you. It, it doesn't, revelation doesn't package itself up in a bow. When you regain your sight, it doesn't just happen like a Christmas present that you unwrap and you can see it little by little. It happens with a quickness. Revelation is raw. And, and I found in my life that when I was really blind, I had some left behind moments. You say, left behind moments? What you talking about? Left behind. It, it, it's the book series or the movies. You may have seen it. Um, left behind is is this book series that talks about the rapture and, and it goes over how you know uh when god comes down and, and he, you know he takes up all of the believers and he leaves all the non-believers behind for the seven years of tribulation and all that and i remember watching these movies and i mean i always believed in god but i really wasn't living my life for god and and i could never truly answer the question if god decided to take us up today would i go with him I, I never could answer that question truthfully. And I think that's a good question to ask sometimes, not to scare yourself, but to check your heart and, and check what you're doing. If God were to take you up right now, take all the Christians up, boom, Thanos snap, and all the Christians are gone, would you be with them? Or would you be left behind? Because in these books, it painted a really scary picture of how it would actually be. You're on a plane and you fly into vacation on Disneyland. And all of a sudden the plane is crashing because the two pilots were, were believers and God swept everyone up. And then you're looking around, and you just see piles of clothes and, and your baby's gone and your wife's gone, but you still here and, and it'll hit you. And I remember in the movies, it, it was so sad because there were pastors and people in the churches that were putting on a facade, acting like they could see, but they were truly blind. And when this moment happened, their sight was, was revealed and I had left behind moments. And it helped me see that, that I've been walking blind. So that's the first camp that we fall in. But then there's a second camp. The second camp is we need to be blind. You may be thinking, what are you, what are you talking about? Because the first camp is we're already blind. And then the second camp is we need to be blind. Which one is it? Do we need to not be blind or do we need to be blind? And I think the answer is this. We walk blind, but we need to be blinded to see. Just like Saul. Saul was walking blind. He had no clue what he was really doing to the Christian. He was persecuting the very people that he should have been a part of. 
he was walking blind and it took him being blinded to see that he was blind. So we need to be blind. Sometimes we may need to lose sight. We may need to lose sight of our selfish motives. We may need to be blind to the, to the, the things that we thought were important in our life. We may need to change some things up in our life to, to align with what God is calling us to do instead of what we have called ourselves to do. We need to be blind to our selfish motives. Some of us get angry. You've heard of blind rage? They call it blind rage for a reason because you can get so caught up in your emotion that you act on something and you don't even realize that you're doing it. You're acting out of the emotion. This is what Saul did. Saul hated so much. He had so much hate in his heart that he was persecuting and, and executing and, and burning and, and doing all these things to the wrong people because when, when you act out of your emotion, you never get the right answer. Acting out of your emotions never are a good idea because it's one thing to, to have control of your emotions and it's another thing for your emotions to have control of you. And I think some of us need to see Especially in this moment, man, this is such a word for right now, especially in this moment in our world where there's so much division, there's so much anger, there's so much hate, there's so much name calling, there's so much divisiveness that we're acting out of emotion. You see a post that makes you mad and your first reaction is to go tell them how they're wrong and you're acting out of anger. You see something that makes you sad and so you feel like you have to, to type up all your feelings and, and you're not able to get your feelings out in, in a well thought out and correct way and it ends up hurting somebody that you love because you're acting out of emotion. We need to learn that sometimes we might need to be blinded. If you see something that makes you angry, you might need to blind yourself to it for just a second. Take a step back, regain your emotions, and then come at it with a new line of sight. Some of us just got to learn to brave the blind. I want to brave the blind. I want to. And in my life, I want to be blinded. Not blinded because it's my decision, but blinded to what God has told me to stay away from. I want to be blinded to hatred. I want to be blinded to prejudice. I want to be blinded to judging people because they do something in a different way than I do. I want to be blinded to the news. 24-7, just, just hatred and sadness and death and evil. I want to be blinded so I can truly see what God is trying to get me to see. And that's what Saul ultimately had to do. It took Saul being blinded to see that he was already blind so he could then look up and regain his sight. And when he regained his sight, his eyes were already looking up. When he was able to truly see, he was already looking at the one most high. Saul regained his sight. And it ended up working out good. Because Paul ended up being one of the most influential leaders in the early Christian movement. He wrote most of the New Testament. All because he was blinded. Man, Lord, I pray that today, if any of us are blind, I pray that you blind us again to help us see. I pray that you blind us to the ways that we've been seeing things. I pray that you blind us to the way that we've been thinking. I pray that you blind us to the emotions that we want to just act on. Lord, I pray that you blind us. Because when we're blind, Lord, it allows us to look up and truly see. It allows us to look to you for guidance. It allows to us to look to you for, for forgiveness. 
it allows us to look to you for acceptance. Father God, I don't know about anyone else out there, but I'm done looking to other people for love. I'm done looking for other people to accept me. I'm done looking for other people to agree with me so I can feel somewhat confident in my beliefs in loving you, Lord. I pray that you help us truly see and truly regain sight. Lord, we love you and we honor you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yo, I thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope this message uplifts you. I hope it helps you see that you may already be walking blind and that you may need to be blinded to some certain things in your life that are taking you down the wrong path. If you enjoyed this, I just I ask that you share this with people. That you share this message that it may help somebody else. And if you want to listen to any more, I got more messages in the link in the description down below. I love y'all and I will see you next time.